Hi, you're tuning in to the Thank You Enjoy podcast. I'm Allison. And I'm Ethan. And this is our podcast where we talk about Asian and Asian American culture and media. We will also be sharing our analyses and personal thoughts on Asian American identity and diaspora. Hello and welcome to Thank You Enjoy. This is our return after a while um, because a Marvel superhero movie called Shang-Chi came out and we felt like we wanted to talk about it. And we actually have a special guest with us, my brother, Evan Lee. Hi, Evan. Hello. Hello. How's it going? It, well. You should insert like an applause right there. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to insert applause right there if I could. Yeah. If I have the time to add post-production <laughs> post, <laughs> post sound effects into this podcast. Um, you know, we want to keep these episodes short and sweet. So let's just let's just cut to cut to the chase. Um, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings just came out two weeks ago. I think we were kind of digesting the movie finally. And overall, what was what were your first impressions of the film? I'll ask Evan that first, actually. First impressions, where I guess I should start with my expectations for it, right? I could start back there. First finding out about the film, I think I honestly wasn't the most excited. Um, I mean, I think having an Asian superhero only does so much for me, like before actually seeing it myself. So I wasn't that impressed by what I was seeing um, in the, in the, from the trailers and things like that. And Simu Lu, I just didn't know him well enough, I don't think, to really have an opinion. I kind of thought he looked very generic. Um, and part of me, I think unconsciously was a little disappointed that he was representing <laughs> like kind of the Asian American superhero kind of look because I was like, him, yeah, like a lot of people. Um, so I had low expectations. I also, just, also didn't want to hype it up too much and be disappointed. Um, but coming out of the film, I think I really enjoyed it for the most part. I think my only gripes about it were storytelling kind of um, flaws. Um, but, in, you know, there's there's parts that you need to weigh, outweigh and, and separate when you're talking about the first Asian American superhero, you know, blockbuster film. So um, it depends how more in detail you want to go with the storytelling kind of gripes or, you know. Yeah, we can go into that a little more. I think I got a good gist of your first impressions. So how about you, Allison? What were your first impressions of the film? Or you could give us a, your letterbox star review as well. <laughs> oh, I think for my letterbox. Uh, review I just wrote love the new Shang Yun dance routine because <laughs> I was like I just feel like watching it I just feel like Marvel movies have a very specific type of humor and this movie was not any different like like yeah. a lot of the jokes and stuff were just very like Marvel and like very Disney which um you know it's like what I was expecting but I didn't watch, I didn't even watch the trailer for this. Like I knew it was coming out because um, Ethan talks about it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew it was coming out, but like, I had no idea what the backstory was. Like, I didn't even know it was called Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. Like, I didn't even know there's going to be the Ten Rings. Um, so I went in with like zero expectations. And I honestly like solid three out of five stars. Like it if we're going to look at it just on the basis of like entertainment, it was an entertaining movie. Um, in terms of like Asian representation. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it's there. <laughs> could, yeah. It, it's like there, but it's a good start. I, yeah. I don't think it, this is like the one and only like, this is the Asian American Bible. Like this is it. <laughs> so <Absolutely. laughs> that's how I felt. Like it was entertaining for sure. And like, um, would be curious to see what a sequel would look like for sure but 
Ethan, I would love to hear your thoughts because you gave it a nice four out of five. Yeah, I gave it a four out of five. I I keep on giving uh, like glowing reviews. I keep on giving glowing glowing reviews about Shang-Chi only because I think I'm just going off of the pure entertainment values. I'm talking about it. Um, I think I come in with this expectation that Marvel movies are never going to be movies where I'm going to be like, wow, that was like the greatest film I've ever seen. So when I have that expectation, I'm just going in just to go for some escapist like entertainment. So I really liked Shang-Chi only because I felt like it was just an entertaining movie without trying to be too ham-fisted about what it was as like an Asian American superhero film. I felt the opposite of how I felt watching Mulan, where, as you know, I hated Mulan (laughs) because I just hated how it ham-fisted like these ideas of like Chinese foreign concepts and kind of like trying to be all mystical about it and, and being all weird about it. Um, whereas I think Shang-Chi was more subtle about it and it, it's, it felt like it was created by Asian filmmakers and Asian creators um, rather than having a white director on Mulan, for example. Um, so I overall enjoyed it. I liked the fight scenes. I liked how the action took a lot of cinematic references from all the Kung Fu films I grew up watching. I liked that it was a story about a dude and his father and his complicated relationship with him. Generally, I think taking into account how formulaic Marvel films can be with the humor, with the story and how they don't really go too deep anyway. I took that into account and that's why I probably enjoyed it a lot more um, because of that. Yeah, I feel like I can feel both aspects like on both of your perspectives pretty pretty good because I feel like I'm like a three, the f- more, more on Allison's end of a three, you know, like feeling like the representation was like there you know yeah i mean and what i think you put it perfectly awesome where it has to start somewhere you know like one of the things that there's i was in a panel once uh with a couple of you know asian american kind of creators and actors and stuff like that when i was in lcc and this was right at the time around when crazy rich agents came out and then he was just going he was just talking about kind of his experience as an actor and how it is tough for asian american people right but he said the word i think the words he used were like crazy rich asians whether you liked it or not, like whether or no matter how what you feel about it, it opened doors for a lot of people, right? You know, whether you, you thought it was a good movie or not, because a lot of people don't like that movie, which I agree in a lot of ways too, you know. But whether we like it or not, that thing blew open the doors for like more Asian American or just Asian in general, like cinema, you know. It's um, funny you bring up Crazy Rich Asians because I felt like in theaters when I was like watching the movie, I was like, they just recast that movie into this movie like there's just so many yeah, like absolutely. I felt like there's just yeah there's so many like repeat actors which is like fine right. but right. it's also just it just like made me feel like you know there's like it was like the same it was same actors playing the same type of characters right and I was just saying that like for some reason those actors right now which is fine like all the success to them I guess but like that's what Asian American Hollywood is now. It's Aquafina and Ronnie Chang for some reason. And Michelle <laughs> and then, Yeoh. <laughs> and Michelle Yeoh, which is fine. Like you gotta, you gotta start somewhere. Like we said about a lot of films. And then like kind of, I just saw it similarly to how like Eighty Eight Rising is right now representing all Asian music almost or Amer- Asian American hip hop. You know, so that, like the fact that they employed them for the soundtrack. You know. Yeah. So similarly, kind of. But which is great, you know. I mean, I don't think I don't I don't technically I don't really have a problem with it. It's just yeah, it's it's fair analysis about how like the film kind of re- kind of banks off of what Crazy Rich Asians kind of like started with seeing more Asians in movies and in Hollywood in particular. 
I was thinking about when I was comparing Shang-Chi and like why I enjoyed it more than I probably did with other Asian films that have come out in the past couple of years, like Crazy Rich Asians and Mulan. And I think one thing I did enjoy about Shang-Chi was how it, I think my main criticism of, Asian, uh, of Crazy Rich Asians was particularly how it kind of seemed to appeal to a broader sense of being Asian American. Whereas with Shang-Chi, I think even though it wasn't trying to make any direct statements about any sense of being Asian American, it did talk about and took reference points from specifically Chinese American culture, um, which I thought was kind of, well, I thought it was interesting about that too, because when it was doing that, I felt like it was more community oriented and therefore kind of paved another, as you said, another step into a certain direction of trying to portray specific communities and specific cultures as well, instead of trying to jump all these Asians in one place and call them crazy rich Asians in one film. Also to your point, I was pleasantly surprised by how much Mandarin I heard. Like mm -hmm. I was mm -hmm. so like that was that was a positive for me, like how much Mandarin I heard. Um, but I will say because I do know Mandarin, some of the translations were like, eh, I don't know if that's what that means. Um, but yeah, no. I do notice they tried to translate some of the Mandarin um, phrases in particular. Some of them were sayings that they would say like when Tony Leung. By the way, I love Tony Leung in the film. My favorite part of the Loved film. Loved it. So hot. <laughs> like, let's like, just, let's just appreciate how, how hot totally of a dad fuck. Tony Leung is. Oh my God. But anyways, okay. um, there's one thing he says to that, that famous older Hong Kong actor with the white beard. Um, he was in Kung Fu Hustle. Um, he says to him, and I can't say it in Mandarin, but I know he says that term of, you know, watch yourself because I've eaten more rice than you've ever, mm -hmm. ever eaten. But then they translated yeah. that in the subtitles, I've lived 10 of your lifetimes or something like that. It was like, I've tasted more salt than you've ever, than you've eaten rice or something. Oh yeah. Something and, like that. You yeah. know, Baba, I was talking to Baba, who's our dad. <laughs> he, he, you know, when he, when I mentioned that he was like, oh yeah, you know, like, and he doesn't even speak Mandarin, but he's like, oh yeah, that's a common phrase. So he's yeah. like, it's, it's like a thing that it's like, a, it's already like a well-known saying, you know, so. Yeah, which was what uh, I think one thing that you were touching on, Allison, is that you really liked how much Mandarin it was um, there was in the film, and like also of the movie. I feel like yeah, yeah, and like they even very cool were accurate with the phrasing of it too. They chose the right phrases that people would actually say in when you're speaking Mandarin, and I guess the subtitles, of course, it's going to a Western audience or English speaking only audience. They're not going to understand the whole salt and rice thing without the context, so they're going to, of course, translate the subtitles to like a general sense of what they're trying to convey with those phrases. I was disappointed that there was no Cantonese in the film though, so. <laughs> Can't have it all, Ethan. I know, I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a spoiled here. bitch, that's what it is. Well, they're trying to sell it in China, so you. you know. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I, know. I was a little, I was a little disappointed too, but yeah. I was like, even Crazy Rich Asians had a little bit of Cantonese in the beginning, so. <laughs> Crazy Rich Asians had Cantonese, Shang-Chi didn't. Which one's the better film? <laughs> Yeah, I will say though, I like, I think watching the film, I didn't know that so many of the mythical creatures in the uh, whatever land they went to. Talo. I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know those were like actual mythical creatures in like ancient Chinese texts, except for like obviously the lions. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, even that one, that one dog thing with all the tails, that's what that, the, I think the nine tail sure box. That, oh, and the nine yeah, tails. That, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, supposed yeah. to represent the, you know, the Pokemon, but, <laughs> but the, the Pokemon was took inspiration from that. Yeah. That, that, but, that a mystical creature, you know. Yeah, it wasn't until I saw a TikTok that was like explaining it. I was like, oh shit, like they're actually like they actually did research and like, you know, like 
took inspiration from like actual ancient texts. You know, because it was like a Disney film, I was like, they really could have just pulled these animals out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Like it could have just been that. But um, no, like they actually did research, which I was like, okay, nice. I was like, I appreciate that. The movie was well-researched, it seemed like. Um, And I think even some of my friends who are pretty into Chinese culture, more than I am in some ways, in terms of knowledge, um, even they couldn't recognize what Morris was, which was that the faceless creature. But then that actually, you know, Morris turned out to be a actual mythical creature from Chinese culture as well. Like everything was actually like well-researched, which I really liked Mm. about it. That's the thing. We do need to appreciate that, you know, these films... We, we critique them so heavily but they are they do start from like an idea you know so like being able to create a feeling into film is still very impressive you know so they did a great job i still think they did a great job at you know despite my criticism of it they did a great job well, all the things we're talking about you know they they did little stuff like mystical creatures they captured the fight scenes in very different settings like my brother said earlier you know which is super cool you know that they have a little they have the more dancey sequence like the shenyan right and having like the you know hong kong gangster kind of feel when when he goes and uh the iron gang people, yeah the iron gang and then having the more traditional like field fights you know like the fact that there's so many different settings came out of someone's idea is super cool you know and and being able to execute that you know i definitely got the sense that the production the, the approach to the production design was very much to try to, and not in a bad way, cram every type of Asian film that we could, or uh, cram every type of Hong Kong slash Chinese film that you could think of in one movie, right? Like we could elaborate more where like the fight scenes themselves embody the diversity of Hong Kong cinema or Chinese cinema as well with the wuxia films in the beginning or the Jackie Chan like fight scenes in the bus or like the more edgy um, Donnie Yen or Jet Li fight scenes on the scaffolding in the building in the construction site. And even the epic fantasy battles that dominate the Chinese film industry. Um, I think the film just captures all that diversity as, and it just felt like it was well-researched and they had that philosophical approach to the production design to just do as much research as you can. And I think the best thing that they did in terms of showing that was even casting Tony Leung. This was his first Hollywood film. They knew if they wanted to get like the <laughs> quintessential Chinese actor, they had to get him mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's why I probably was more receptive to it too. Considering this is a huge big budget Hollywood film. It's right. a Marvel Studios film directed by Dustin Daniel Cretton who was previously only known for indie films. This is like his first like major like like he did he did the other film what's it called um did he do short term 12 yeah he was short term 12 yeah so like that's like a completely different type of movie with brie larson in it right and yeah i watched that film to kind of prepare in some ways for shang chi just to see compare them and i think i know i noticed that marvel studios is going in that direction of trying to get indie filmmakers to helm their films i mean you have chloe Zhao doing the eternals i have no idea what that's going to even be like um, and you and then Dustin Daniel Crenson was the other director I thought of in terms of like oh like he's going to be doing Shang-Chi that's weird right. so I don't know if I really felt the indiness of it other than there was a emotional core to the story and I think he had a vision that Evan was saying he delivered on in right. terms of trying to stay consistent with Chinese culture and right. capturing Chinese all of research. those putting it into like a one film you know right exactly I think you know I think there's still issues with how like the fact that one of the more one of the more interesting parts of the film where he's describing his backstory is interrupted by a beef joke, you know. That's Marvel you know, for on the you airplane. Though, is you know? like, 
almost there, but not quite. Almost there, yeah. <laughs> almost there, but you know, yeah. it didn't it didn't need that. You know, it didn't need that. Yeah, that's I mean, the problem. It has to have it has to input its humor somewhere, but it didn't need it there. You I know, just a little disappointing. Hated, I hated the scene where he was trying to teach Aquafina how to say "sam." Yeah, yeah. And she kept doing it wrong, and I was like, "Why? Why are we doing this?" Like. Yeah. I didn't find this is not what either. we need. Mm-hmm. That was like one of the most irritating scenes for me. In the it, was, it was a little on the nose too, with in terms of like here, English speakers, here's how you pronounce our name correctly. This is we're Chinese right. and this is how you speak Chinese, right? Like yeah. I don't know. It was it was a little heavy-handed when it came to that point, too. And it was all just feeding into the stereotype of not being able to say these kind of names, you know. Like just because she's a just because she's a more you know Americanized non doesn't know the language like we are like me right like just because she's that way doesn't mean that she is she's like dumb yeah like that she can't try to pronounce it you know like it ha- sure it happens but I don't know I mean I, I don't okay I, I, I have mixed feelings because sometimes I'm like that with our sister right like if she yeah, asks yeah, me yeah. to pronounce something in Cantonese I have to like refine like the tone for her like no no, no you're not well, even I correct you, you know? sometimes you know right 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 yeah exactly I, so I just it, have it a happens. natural tongue <laughs> <laughs> it happens it happens but I think it's just that if, if that was something you really wanted to portray about Chinese American culture it just seemed like it was a waste of time in in that context of the film that's the thing though Marvel is very jokey and that's like a criticism that I think a lot of people have about Marvel films in general is that they seem to follow that template of humor and storytelling that just it it becomes a little redundant I mean we just we're recording this episode on the day that Denis Villeneuve made a comment about the Marvel formula saying that a lot of Marvel films are just copy and paste of each other and honestly he has a point so I don't I don't even argue with that one big question I want to ask is that do you think this film was Orientalist or not? Because Evan, I invited you to this because we come from a comic book background. We grew up loving comic books, loving superheroes, admiring and looking up to superheroes. And this is the first time that we see a superhero who looks like us, who's Chinese in particular, and we're both Chinese American. And so as you can tell from my reaction when I was getting ready to watch this film, I was really excited to watch and live a childhood dream of mine um but i am also thinking about how the one time we do get a chinese superhero film and even in the 70s the one time we get a chinese superhero he's a mystical kung fu dude and so i'm kind of wondering is this like an orientalist film or not to you two like to allison to evan um i initially was gonna say no (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> until, I, until I thought about it for like 10 seconds <laughs> um like it it kind of is but not in an offensive way I think I think that's how I would put it because like I went into it afraid that it would be mm-hmm. I didn't feel like that coming out of the movie maybe because I've seen those types of films right, you know? right yeah. and then that, it is a type of film it's not like it's just it's making fun of anything it's not offensive you know it's taking inspiration um, from actual yeah. like points my of biggest culture. yeah my biggest gripe after the films was the lack of emotional points that it kind of missed you know mm-hmm. i felt like it could have hit a lot more emotionally um by being more cohesive in his family background and touching on that theme a little bit stronger i felt like the, th- the family theme was very sh- was could have been very strong because it's a very it could be represented as a very asian theme right because of how important family is to asian culture but and I felt like they kind of dropped the ball a little bit in certain ways and certain aspects. But in terms of it being Orientalist, 
yeah like you just put it perfectly it's a mystical kung fu movie you know and like <laughs> the person that like i would have liked for the film to be an asian american dude that's just asian american and then just goes on in like any other life i guess right but you can't i don't think you can have that yet i don't think it's i don't think hollywood is ready for that yet yeah it's an adaptation of a comic book right from the 70s right so yeah yeah which was a very uh orientalist kind of comic yeah series, yeah you know, it's so i guess it's not doesn't really have the nuance that we are familiar with when it comes to just being a chinese american dude living in san francisco it's like right. yeah our lives are going to intersect with chinese culture but it's not always going to intersect i guess right, but right. Then this movie just makes it seem like it always does right and that's just i mean maybe it's just because we have different identities in that sense because you know mm -hmm. we're grew up in the suburbs of certain you know suburbs of the bay area i don't think we I grew up some parts of in the city, but I can't truly say that I'm from the city. Right. Yeah. You know, and how age, you know, and it's primarily white out in this city, more so than San Francisco, which is I feel like it's a more equal split. Right. Of Asian yeah. and white and different cultures and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But how do you feel, Allison? <laughs> I was about to make a joke. I was like, wait, you're telling me your dad isn't Tony Leung. <laughs> um, I it was interesting because I felt like I didn't think about it too much after watching the movie. But I read, I recently read like a Vice article that was talking about how, um, how this like, there's a lot of like mysticism in the movie, but I feel like for me, I just feel like the Marvel universe has so much of that mysticism that for me, it's hard to like draw the line of like, mm. is this just because this is a Marvel movie? So there is so mm. much like fantastical elements. And of course, like, that could be part of it and because it is a movie that is rooted in like or at least like the background is like Chinese culture like obviously that ties into it so for me I'm just like I don't know if this is just like that Disney magic it, I don't know if it's just part of that like you know that Marvel world where everything's like ooh, you know like oh like everything's like so magical or like it's just like a different world so for me, like, I don't read too much into it, but I can definitely see how it can be seen that way. Um, it's it's just especially hard when it's, like, your culture getting roped into it, you know? And they're mm -hmm. like, oh, are we just, like, doing this so that it's digestible for Western audiences if we add in all these, like, magical elements? So, right, right, right. like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, it is kind of strange. Like, am I allowed to like this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it wrong to like this? No, but that, there's nothing wrong with that. That's pretty true. I mean, I think generally the consensus I'm kind of getting from both of you and personally for me, the feelings I got from watching this film is that it, it plays it very safe when it comes to any portrayal of Orientalism. It takes reference, cultural reference points from actual pieces of Chinese culture. And unlike Mulan, where it took the concept of hey or chi and turned it into like midichlorians yeah, see, from Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, like that was just so weird. Whereas Shang-Chi didn't do anything like that. They just showed these creatures rooted in mythology. There was like a mystical land that was artistically inspired by it, but they didn't try to explain away the culture or anything like that. So it tried to play it safe when it came to that. I think this is embodied in the more recent comic book runs of Shang-Chi. It's written by Jean Lun Yang. And I think I just wanted to mention this because this might have been an influence on the film. But um, Jean Lun Yang is known for writing the graphic novel American Born Chinese, which was one of the first graphic novels I read about my Asian American identity. And I think it was kind of bold to make statements about the Chinese American identity and how we don't feel quite white enough, we don't feel quite Asian enough, and we're caught in between those worlds. I really liked that book, so I highly recommend that. And I was really surprised to hear that he wrote Shang-Chi. And when I read his run, it kind of, I felt the same way reading the run 
that I felt watching the film where I felt like he was kind of playing it safe with making a story about family bonds and kind of caved into the comic booky dialogue that is like prevalent throughout the Marvel comic books lately. So I think generally the film was just trying to play safe with like these things and like it doesn't really, it could be interpreted as Orientalist, but it definitely played it safe if it was. Right. Yeah. Cool. I think that good kind movie. of, uh, yeah, good movie. Good movie. Good movie. Um, not, 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 nothing. I don't have like harsh criticism. It's like, yeah, I wish it, yeah. I wish it could have done more. But not like this was this was bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not like again opposite Mulan, opposite Mulan. Like Mulan was just trash, but like this was like actually pretty good. Like I was like, okay, I had a good time. I had a good time, and I think that's all I needed to ask for. I like what it tried to do. It got somewhere with what it was trying to do, and that's I'll appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, I remember waiting till I get into the theater, and like that's this was like the only movie anyone was seeing pretty much that weekend. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I was like, I was with Jen, our other friend, and uh-huh. she's Taiwanese American, and I was just like looking at the crowd, and I was like, dude, did all the Asian kids come out? Like, yeah, no, for real. Like, yeah, I was like, all the, all the Asian here. kids, and yeah. I was like, rep- represent. <laughs> all right, Boba yeah. Run after um, Shang Chi. Yeah, the perfect night, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was cute. I don't know. I it was it was nice seeing it was nice seeing the community come out <laughs> to yeah. support this movie. <laughs> it, was. Yeah. it was, and it's a good money maker, you know. Right. But yeah. does it not deserve a ninety-eight on Rotten Tomatoes? <laughs> I don't know. Is it ninety-eight? I, I thought it was eighty-eight. Oh really? I let me see. Eighty-eight is even better though. All the Chinese people are gonna love. Yeah, that. it's the luck. It's the lucky numbers. <laughs> Um, okay, let's just wrap up. But you guys have any final thoughts? Um, Tony Leon, I am single. Call me. Oh, he's taken. <laughs> Ninety-eight on audience score, and then ninety-two on tomato. Oh, went up. Pretty damn so. good. <laughs> anyway, I yeah, would, I, I would do Tai Chi with Tony. Hell yeah, sign me up. Mondays, oh Mondays in the park. Mornings in the park. I'm ready for the Tony Leung supremacy. I'm glad that he's finally getting the attention that he's finally, he's deserved all these years. And finally, the Western audiences are not- noticing him. But he's always been relevant. So it, it, nothing's yeah. changed. It's just that the audience has shifted. <laughs> Congrats, Tony. Thank you for breaking through Hollywood, Tony. Yeah, killed it. We, we love you, Tony. This is the <laughs> Tony Leung fan cast episode. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh well i think that wraps it about up short but sweet episode on shang chi really glad we got to talk it out um thank you for listening to thank you enjoy and uh we hope you enjoyed it this episode of thank you enjoy was produced by casey lee audio mixed and edited by ethan lee graphic and logo design by chris kim on instagram at chuffimation and intro and outro music by yours truly ethan lee